Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a presentation of the Match Talk Podcast Network. Hey, this is Loudon Swain. You're listening to Jason Bryant in the Short Time Wrestling Podcast. We continue looking towards the big duel at the Bryce Jordan Center on Sunday, February 8th, as top-ranked Iowa faces fifth-ranked Penn State. Today, I talk with the head coach of the Penn State Nittany Lions, Cale Sanderson, and we'll look at the atmosphere and excitement surrounding the duel, some key matches to watch, and, of course, that redshirt question. It's Cale Sanderson on Episode 141 of the Short Time Wrestling Podcast. You're listening to the Short Time Wrestling Podcast, part of the SPNT.TV Podcast Network. Short Time is sponsored by Flips Wrestling. Share your attitude and be heard at FlipsWrestling.com. I'm three-time National Wrestling Writer and Broadcaster of the Year, Jason Bryant. And I'll be your host as Short Time brings you the most pertinent topics in wrestling with news, reviews, previews, and interviews. Subscribe to the Short Time Wrestling Podcast on iTunes by going to matttalkonline.com slash getshorttime or subscribe to all the shows from the Matt Talk Podcast Network by going to matttalkonline.com slash iTunes. Now it's time because we know you've always got time for Short Time. It's the Short Time Wrestling Podcast focusing in on a big duel coming up February 8th, 1 o'clock Eastern at the Bryce Jordan Center. It's going to pit Iowa against Penn State today. Talking with a head wrestling coach of the four-time returning national champions, Penn State Nittany Lions, Kale Sanderson. And first of all, Kale, thanks for taking the time out and welcome to the Short Time Wrestling Podcast. Hey, thank you, uh, Mr. ODU Wildman. It's my pleasure. <laughs> He's throwing the old Twitter handle, the old uh, the old instant messenger name thrown at me. But right now, the first thing I'm going to start with, the most pressing question I think on everybody's mind, have you played any good video games lately? Uh, I don't know if they're video games, but sadly I've been kind of hooked on uh, Clash of Clans a little bit. Our team has a, a little clan, and we battle together. And uh, I need help because it's, uh, it's a waste of time, but it is fun. But no video games, you know. No, I, I don't, I don't really play video games too much anymore. Well, what about the trivia crack? You guys on that? The trivia crack? Yeah, the i the uh, the iOS app. It's uh, it's it's going pretty crazy. I know it's bonkers. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not a big trivia guy. I don't know a whole lot about much of anything, so I'm I steer clear of those types of games. 
what we do know is you know a little bit about wrestling. Obviously, your career speaks for itself. And, and on the coaching side, you've, you've done a pretty fair job there. So we'll get right to it as we talk about Iowa coming to the Bryce Jordan Center. This is the, uh, the BJC duel this year. Last year, you sold it out, set an NCAA record for attendance against Pittsburgh. With Iowa coming in, do you think the fire marshal is going to have to look the other way to pack this place? Maybe one more person bigger than to, than last year to set a new record? Uh, well, I, that's what it would take. I don't see that happening. The fire marshals, uh, you know, they're pretty hardcore uh, these days, and they have to be. So, uh, but yeah, this I mean, this match uh, sold out very quickly. I think quicker than uh, even our athletic department our ticket office anticipated i mean it was uh tickets were gone very fast they didn't even i mean the whole idea of the, the going to the bjc is to give everyone a chance to see a match uh, every year and and uh it didn't even make it to uh you know to, to the public the public didn't have a chance to, to buy tickets because uh it sold out before that so that's good and bad but yeah these things sell out faster than Jimmy Buffett concerts. So, you know, has there been thoughts to, and I know this, I know how hard it is to get Buffett tickets, but uh, has, has there that given you any, uh, any idea to maybe, uh, okay, maybe we should uh, move out of rec hall more than once a year, or is it still going to just be the, the one big one a year? Or is it, uh, is that kind of comes and goes and, and basically flows on the schedule? Yeah, I think it, you know, it just kind of, kind of flows. It, it depends on uh, different factors, but I mean, it wasn't just, uh, you know, you just open up to the go to the Jordan Center and it sells out. I mean, it, you know, it was several years just to, to build up to that point. Um, you know, with with the teams that we've had and some of the um, the, the kids that are fun to watch wrestle and and you know, we first uh, you know had to make the ticket bring some value to the ticket um, and make it tough to get into a just a regular match where we we have 6,500 uh, seats at the you know at, at Rec Hall. Um, and you know, once you you get to a certain point, then you, you know, then you advance, and that's kind of what we did. So it's not, uh, you know, the future is uh, the future. We'll we'll, we'll kind of figure it out as as we move along. But you know, we do want to keep making progress. But we do love uh, Rec Hall. Um, the, the atmosphere there is, uh, uh, yeah, I'm sure you've been there. But if you've been there, I mean, it's 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 second to none as far as just the fans on top of you. And, you know, they sell standing room only tickets and, and they sell out. So um, it's going to take a lot to get us out of recall. I mean, that's, that's our home base right there. That's our, that's, that's our headquarters, no doubt. Now, last year, you and Tom Brands got together via social media and, and put together what, what everybody was terming the Twitter duel. It wasn't an official uh, Big Ten conference duel, even though uh, obviously both you guys were on the, uh, were, not scheduled to meet. You had those things come together. Was that a good opportunity for you guys last year, even though uh, it was on the schedule? I mean, explain what went into Mason basically saying, all right, we did this, and if this ever happens again, are you guys willing to do it to where if you're not on the schedule, you're going to meet up? Well, yeah, that was uh, sort of the agreement that that we had, that, you know, we would – it would have to make sense. But if we don't meet up, then we'll uh, – if it makes sense that year, you know – um, depending on our teams and and whatever we feel may be a factor that that we will try to do it again and and uh, as a matter of fact next year I don't believe we are scheduled with Iowa so I was actually just about to tweet Coach Brands uh, right before you called me. Now, has there been any other uh, Twitter interactions between you guys since then, or is it uh, just been just been business? Uh, most of our friendly conversations uh, 
generally just happen over uh, over just regular text messages, unfortunately. Now, when it comes with the with the scheduling, is there anything you you learned about getting that thing together, making sure it was right, or is it uh, uh, something that's like, all right, you know, just the 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 chips fell perfectly last year? Well, I think last year it just made sense. Um, you know, you have you know two programs with with arguably the uh, largest following. Um, you know, last year. Uh, it was just a dual meet that drew a lot of interest, and uh, it just made sense. And, and you know, the tricky part is is obvious, especially when you're part of the Big Ten, is is finding the right time to have the match. You know, when do you have it? And it worked out that, you know, we flipped it in right before uh, Christmas break. You know, we actually had guys that like McIntosh who took off from Iowa City with his parents home from there. Um, so, it, you know, finding the right time uh, is the challenge because it's just not like, well, yeah, we'll just, you know, November 1st, no problem, or, you know, because it is a big match, obviously, and, you know, both teams want to have their guys ready. So, you know, timing timing is everything, but if you can, you know, if you can make it happen, you, you, you certainly want to make it, make it happen. It's a, it's a great uh, event for the sport. I think it's great for our fans, and, you know, that's just a dual meet that draws uh, – you know the the interest of of any sports fan. I would think. I mean, last year you had, well, this year as well. I mean, the last what seven national championships, um, you know, were won by one of the two teams. And when they go head to head, it's it's going to be fun. Now, this rivalry is is definitely taking on a, a new animal with with you uh, leading the charge at Penn State and then having been at Iowa State. And the the Iowa State Iowa rivalry is huge within the state and within the mid- Midwest. And now when you bring Penn State in the equation, yes, Penn State and Iowa are in the same conference, but I talked to Tom Brands about the same thing. It, it's very much an East meets Midwest type of thing where you've got two, as you as you alluded to earlier, two hardcore fan bases. And when it, you look at the sense of this rivalry, how important do you feel it is for wrestling that these two teams, when they meet, will sell each other's gyms out, the big arenas? I mean, uh, it, it's, is, is it healthy? How much, how healthy uh, is the sport when you see things like this? Well, I think, uh, you know, it's hard to argue. It's it's definitely uh, a great thing. And, uh, you know, I, I it's interesting you, you say, I mean, when you talk about rivalries, because somebody was just asking me, I think it was in the last couple of days, about well, who, who's your rival. And, and, you know, at Penn State, it's a little tricky because Penn State, uh, you know, just as an athletic department, I mean, who would you say our rival is? It, it's tough to say. You know, I mean, in wrestling, we have our in-state rivalries that are that are big with the Lehigh and um, Pitt, um, and then but then you have your Big Ten rivalries. You have Ohio State is, you know, five hours away, and um, they're obviously doing big things there. And but then we have Iowa, and and when you said East versus the Midwest, I like that. I mean, that that makes sense, and um, you know, maybe that's uh, maybe that is. Uh, you know, a big draw to the, to the rivalry. And, um, with that being said, you know, all the East coast high school kids should stay in the East to represent the East. Correct. That's kind of what you were probably thinking by that. Um, you know what, being an East coast, East coast transplant and somebody who's lived in three different time zones. I don't know if you're going to get that sell for me, but I, 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 I definitely, uh, don't see shot. any, any fault in the recruiting pitch there. Now, as, as we, we, Talk about the match. There's a couple things. Obviously, the matches on paper, they are on paper. But when we look at this dual meet, 
197 and 174 seem to be the ones that's getting a lot of the attention. At 174, you got a senior, Matt Brown. This guy is kind of a, a freak athlete, big into the ROTC and the fitness things. And uh, he brought a different dynamic uh, to Penn State when he came in. And what's, what's it going to be like uh, to know that you've had Matt Brown there for four years? He's been in the lineup for three. Uh, you know, what's it been like coaching a guy like Matt Brown? Well, Matt's a, a pleasure to coach. He's just a kid who you know, does everything right. Um, you know, uh, I think he's had one A minus in, you know, the four and a half years that he's been uh, in college. The rest were all A's, you know, I wasn't saying that was his best grade, the A minus part, you know, I mean, he's basically has a 4.0 with one A minus, um, works hard, you know, early for everything. Um, he's a great example, you know, even the last couple of years when we've had, um, you know, two, three with Quentin Wright and well four Molinero and Ed Ruth and David Taylor. Um, but mostly the last couple of years, uh, you know, he's the guy that gets voted from our team as a, you know, as a team leader uh, at the end of the year. So, I mean, just his example is good. It's consistent. And, uh, and that's just the way he wrestles. So, you know, I think he's the kind of kid that, um, it makes, uh, I mean, every, everyone has their own challenges, but he's, uh, you know, he, he's definitely uh, brought a ton of value, obviously, to the program, and and has uh, been a big part of the team's success. Now he he came in uh, rather unique. Obviously, you grew up in Utah, so you were familiar with with uh, the LDS missions, and you know, a lot of athletes and, and people getting married early. And he brought a different dynamic to that Penn State room, where you know he he's now married. He spent time off. He's he's older than most of the guys on the team, and maybe even some of the coaching staff. But you know, what what is it about Matt Brown's maturity that with him coming in, having being you know somewhat older than the guys when he got there, that helped maybe from a leadership standpoint? Well, you know, I don't think it's even necessarily age. I think it's just like you said, maturity, and that comes from experience. Um, you know, he he went to Iowa State. Uh, with us for a year there was did an amazing job was a guy that would come back after practice and you know be working out uh, late at night and um but he 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 served two years on his church mission in in uh, africa um and and you know that's a a, a big time uh, wake-up call and experience and just you know if you're if you're willing to give two years of your life away you know right then at that time Especially when, uh, you know, they don't work out. If they do work out, it's because they get up at five instead of six, uh, which is what they're required to do. You know, they're there's they don't have free time. So and he came back uh, in, in great shape. So I think it's more of just the experience and and uh, the gratitude that you get from seeing just how blessed he is and how you know what a wonderful family he has and just what a wonderful opportunity he has. Um, I think when you bring that perspective. Um, you know, that, that's where the value comes. Uh, it's not necessarily, you know, I, I, yeah, he, it is two more years, but it, as history would show, that has not been, I don't think, uh, necessarily a, a benefit if you look at a lot of the LDS wrestlers that have gone on missions, you know, because a lot changes too. You kind of see, wow, there is a world outside of this, this sport that I've been um, consumed by for the last 10 or 15 years and and uh, that can be good and that can be bad depending on you know where what you're looking at but you know he came back hungry and ready to go and and uh brings that wisdom with him of experience now moving to 197 pounds last year 
Uh, the last time you actually appeared on the Short Time Podcast was after uh, Morgan McIntosh had beaten Scott Schiller in the dual meet up in Minneapolis. And uh, a lot of that talk then was about if Morgan can do the things he did in that match, that's the, that's the McIntosh we know in the room and, and become more consistent in doing that, uh, you know, match in and match out. Has, has he been more consistent this year from, uh, from that win over Schiller last year? Obviously, he had another win over Schiller this year, but has that consistency been more apparent this year? Yeah, I think he's, he's definitely improved. I mean, he is. Uh, anyone on our team would tell you, I mean, he is uh, he's unbelievable, you know. Uh, the way he's in practice and wrestling, I mean, he's not a guy, uh, you know, he he, uh, he just gets out there and, and gets after it. But any coach is going to say that, man, if my kids just wrestled, um, you know, the way they're capable of or the way they did in practice. Um, and, but Morgan has done that, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're obviously trying to continue to, uh, to get more out of him just as far as just, you know, hey, you're Morgan McIntosh, you know, you can, you can throw, you, you got great scrambling ability. You can score points. You can attack either leg. You're great in the tie-ups. Um, just go. You know, just let it go. Uh, and if he does that, he's uh, he's fully capable of of dominating. And uh, you know, so that's you know what we're trying to help him with. And and uh, you know, we we've seen see more and more of that. But you know, he has been wrestling well. Um, I think this is uh, uh, you know wrestling Schiller. You know, he's uh, he, he had a great match there this year too. Just last week i guess um but yeah it's just continuing to uh to you know to be consistent and just you know wrestle fearlessly and with some confidence if he uh, if he chooses to do that he's going to be tough to beat we're in february we've got just over a month and change left in the season at this point in the year are you are you tired of answering the red shirt questions i don't know i mean it's uh I haven't answered him too many times, you know. I mean, what do you what do you what do you want to ask? Well, this was more of an angle. I was going to take a different approach. It's it's you know, people are asking, you know, can you win with this team? Why are you red shirt? And well, I'm more interested in what Nico Megalutis and Zane Rutherford, the the two uh, all Americans that are coming uh, come back that red shirted, and what have they been able to do in this off season? Because there's not been a whole lot of competition for those guys. Where have you seen them improve, or have they been just more rested? I mean, what have they done during this red shirt year that you're absolutely pleased with? Well, they're two of the most uh, consistent kids that I've ever coached, um, as far as just discipline as far as uh the way they train and um they're just both tough kids you know the way they wrestle is the same every time you know it doesn't matter if it's in practice or or it's the inner squad match or it's the uh nittany lion open or it's the nca tournament they're the same person and and that's um you know that's very rare and very special and you know so their training has been consistent it's, it's the same nico's the idea with nico was just uh, you know, he's a guy that if he has a match coming up, he is uh, 100% focused on that match. And uh, so the idea with holding him out of competitions gives him a chance to focus more long-term, big-picture stuff, you know, improving his technique and doing some of those things that he probably wouldn't do if he had a match coming up on Friday. And he's done a great job with that. I think his uh, his technique has improved in the areas that – um, it's needed to, and and uh, and with Zane, he just competed last week uh, at uh, the Schultz tournament. He did, I think he did pretty darn well. Uh, he's again, he's he's going to scrap, and he's just a 
again, just like Nico, a guy that's the same, you know, very disciplined. Whether he's redshirting or not, he's still extremely disciplined and comes to practice with a smile on his face because he loves training and he loves competing and uh, has a great um, foundation for success. I mean, he, he, he trains with gratitude. He competes with gratitude. And uh, so he's been consistent with that. Um, you know, he's uh, he's had a couple little things that, uh, you know, held him out of an open tournament. But, you know, it's not like it, you send Nico and um, and Zane to, a you know, a small weekend tournament so they can just go in there and, you know, beat up on true freshmen or, you know, or red shirts or second or third string guys. You know I mean? When they compete, we just – I mean, there's value in that, but we also have – uh, some amazing guys in our freestyle club that you know they can train with and and so that's kind of what we've been doing is just let them train now not everything was going to be a softball here and i had a conversation about uh the national duels with tom brands on the last episode of the show and i guess the 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 obvious question is will we ever see penn state compete in the national duels again uh well you know that that's a good question i think uh it, it just depends you know we're not necessarily against the national duels and you know we uh participated in them uh, when we were at Iowa State it made sense but it's just I think more than anything it's just kind of the future of, of the sport and trying to figure out you know what direction are we going you know I think we just need an idea well, what's the you know what's the plan you know what what, what are we actually trying to accomplish uh, with this national duels being our you know the you know the, the answer and and we don't really get I don't think a, a clear answer. I mean, I just, we need, are we trying to get roughly on TV one more time? You know, are we, I mean, I, you're trying to make dual meets more important. Uh, does this matter? Because you could, you know, you could argue the, argue the other way that it makes them less important. It's just about qualifying for the national duels, which makes, you know, our duel against Iowa less important if we think we can beat them for the national duel championship and but you know so whatever i get i think it's just just need some clarity and uh you know what what's our purpose you know what what's our clear plan what what's the objective i guess what's the clear objective um but you know the national duels is is you know it's a good idea it's fun i guess I, you know i'm not saying it's a bad idea just if you look at history and um you take all the factors into account is it the answer uh, I don't think so. I don't think so, but some people do. And, you know, I've been wrong more than once. So, but, you know, you kind of got to go with what you believe and, and with the evidence that you have. And I, I just wish that we could start from scratch and just say, okay, let's just drop the national dual concept. Let's just drop it and start over. And if if we come up with, hey, this is the right answer that the sport needs, um, because, you know, there has been growth, you know, I mean, the numbers show there has been growth in, in attendance uh, with, the, with the top 10 teams or, you know, of the year. I mean, as, as far as they've measured over the last 15 years, there has been growth. TV growth has continued to improve drastically. So, um, you know, things are growing. It's just, you know, but everyone's also saying, you know, wrestling's dying um, as it's as it's growing. So, you know, it's tricky. But uh, yeah, we're we're definitely uh, open. Just got it. Just has to make sense, you know. I'm not going to do something because of you know peer pressure or something along those lines, or you know jumping on board because you know we don't want somebody to say something about us. You know, we've got to do what we feel is the right thing, and maybe it's wrong, but until we figure that out, you know, we're going to keep doing what we think is right.
Been talking with Kale Sanderson, the head wrestling coach at Penn State. February 8th at 1 p.m., the Bryce Jordan Center. The Nittany Lions will host top-ranked Iowa. And last question, Kale, predictions. What are we predicting? We're predicting uh, what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? What's going to happen on Sunday? Well, you know, we're going to uh, we're going to be ready to go. You know, we're going to go in there with some passion and some fire, and we're going to see what the heck we can do. You know, we're excited about the challenge. You know, Iowa obviously has a very good team. Um, I think they're currently ranked ahead of us at 10 out of 10 weight classes. Uh, unless Dylan Alton's in the lineup, then that would be 9 out of 10. So, you know, it's – but, you know, we, we believe we can win. Uh, you know, we're preparing to win, and I think – uh, we've had a chance to win the two duels that we've lost, you know, at Ohio State and both Minnesota. And uh, I believe we'll have a chance to win this duel. Are we going to do it? We will find out on Sunday. The Short Time Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by Flips Wrestling. Share your attitude and be heard at flipswrestling.com. Like what you hear on Short Time? Drop us a rating and a review on iTunes by going to matttalkonline.com slash getshorttime. This show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.